Morning, sports fans. Welcome, Lucia Rain, to the party. Hard hat optional. <clears throat> it's great to be here. A um, couple of, couple of uh, Bible verses for you. From 1 Kings 17, verses 5 and 6. Uh, the, the narration is about the prophet Elijah, who has gotten in trouble with uh, Ahab again, and he's hiding. And the quote is, so he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. <clears throat> From the New Testament, the book of Luke, in uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, um, the quote says this, that uh, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Twelve were with him, <clears throat> and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. My name is Derek Lampson. I was invited to bring our message this morning. <clears throat> In my prayers to God for guidance about what message to bring, I heard the clear suggestion to talk about pilgrimage as spiritual exercise. No big surprise there. God knows my heart and my story, as do so many of you, and pilgrimage has been a central theme in that story for at least the last decade. A theme that continues to be expressed as Reuben and I near our first anniversary of marriage. as we prepare to leave West Hills later this July and move across the state to a new town, and as I prepare to take up a new career as a teacher. So this is me understanding pilgrimage, um, as I think John Bunyan might have used it, uh, as a metaphor for traveling through life with spiritual intention. And whether we go across town or around the world, our goal is not primarily to get to Compostela, or Lourdes, or the Western Wall, or even the new teaching job in John Day, Oregon, but to get home to God. Pilgrimage, you may have noticed, is a way of life at West Hills Friends, modeled in ways as personal and unique as you all are from solo cross-country mountain hiking, to medical mission leadership, to traveling ministries among friends in England or Massachusetts or the West Bank, to earthquake relief in Turkey, to FWCC-sponsored young people's gatherings in Tizay or Northern Ireland. The list is surprisingly long and varied. Our Carol Joy actually walked to Compostela to the Shrine of St. James. Our Ruba bird actually walked 400 miles 30 years ago this summer 
in the American South in August to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. And of course, many of you in this room today have followed our Mary Kay into clinics in mountain villages to bring healing and comfort and hope. I see that for many of us, pilgrimage also blends into mission and that it can be solitary or communal. Pilgrimage is one response to the success and prosperity that often accompanies lives of faith. After all, faith calls us into good stewardship. Faith calls us into decent, orderly, productive lives. And it turns out faith is good for people's health and good for the pocketbook, too. The witticism about Quakers, of course, is that they came to America to do good and they did pretty well. <laughs> Faith also recognizes prosperity as a challenge because when our money insulates us from life's ups and downs, it also insulates us from our need for God's help in our lives. In other words, if I have job security and health insurance, my prayers for daily bread can become pretty dry. Multiply this experience by two or three prosperous generations, and we have a formula for complacency and entitlement. Pilgrimage essentially embraces risk and uncertainty and challenge. Blisters, weariness, rain, heat, dust, and strangers who do not know our names or our languages. Pilgrims accept this for the window of opportunity it affords to ask God for help, and people likewise accept pilgrims in their need for the opportunity to do charity. I'd like to share a little personal story of, of, of pilgrimage. In the spring of 2009, fully expecting to begin school later that fall, I left Portland with a concern for the Christian Peacemaker teams uh, and international violence reduction ministry I had followed and supported for some years. My plan was to also visit friends' yearly meetings in New Mexico, Ohio, and New England, and on the way to sing and speak on behalf of the Christian Peacemaker teams, but that was all really just rationale. What I really wanted to do was to throw myself off the deep end into God's intimate care and like a complete idiot, that's exactly what I did over the next four months. I drove my little Toyota pickup to 32 states, two Canadian provinces, and we count the day trip into Mexico. I camped in national forests and in city parks. I worshipped with friends along the way, programmed, unprogrammed, semi-programmed, Osage Indian Quakers, Quakers in plain dress who said thee and thou, and Brooklyn Quakers in leather jackets with attitudes. I also hung out with Mennonites and Catholic workers and secular Jews and conservative Baptists and food not bombs hippies and one very memorable Wiccan priestess. People, people took turns being God's hands and feet to me. For example, when my guitar was stolen in Albuquerque, this very community of West Hills raised 400 bucks to replace it. Shayla Norris York herself contributed $5. 
On my way east that summer, I was officially broke before I even left New Mexico. For the rest of the trip, I did odd jobs. I sang for my supper and my gas money, and I accepted charity. In Des Moines, in late August, on my way home, I had the hardest and best part. I was staying at a Catholic worker house, and the morning I got there, I had a brief exchange with one of the residents, an older man in jeans and a work shirt. We were having coffee because I was still smoking, and so we were out on the porch, and he said, so tell me your story. How is it that you are here today as our guest? I said, well, I've been traveling across America all summer for the Christian Peacemaker teams, and it's mostly been very good. But the truth is, I am just simply exhausted, and I'm broke, and I'm worried, and I don't uh, know how I'll get the gas to get home to Portland. He said, how much do you need? And I said, I, I don't even know, 150 bucks? Something like that. And he said, maybe we can help you out a little. And of course I said, thank you. But thinking to myself, these guys are very poor themselves. And I wasn't expecting much. So the guy says, well, can you meet me here tomorrow morning? And of course I said, yeah, sure. Now, the Catholic workers are interesting people. They do communal living, hospitality, and service, often in the middle of very poor urban neighborhoods. Their tradition is leftist activism, hospitality to the poor, and radical devotion to Christ. They're dangerous people. <laughs> Their houses are all over the world. I stayed for two nights in that one in Des Moines. The first day, the woman who welcomed me into the house was showing me around like, here's your room, here's your towel, here's a front door key, here's the coffee. And she said, we may not be around much tomorrow, Tuesday, she said. We're doing an action at the Iowa State Health Authority. There might be some arrests. Later, in her office, just chatting each other up, she said casually enough, we have determined not to live our lives in search of safety. Hmm. I wondered whatever she meant by that. The next morning, again, I was having coffee on the porch when the man I'd met the day before came downstairs. He asked if I would give him a lift pretty close by. I said, okay, though I wasn't sure where he wanted to go. We got in my little blue Toyota truck, me looking at the gas gauge and hoping we weren't going far. And we cruised through that shabby old downtown Des Moines neighborhood to a credit union. And he got out and asked me to wait. And he walked over to the ATM. In a minute, he was back in the truck, counting out 20s. And 80, 100, 120, 140, 160, and folded the money in half and handed it to me. Well, it was too much for me to take in, and, and I started to cry, pretty embarrassing. What, he said, what's wrong? I took a breath. You don't know me from Adam's off ox, I said. It's all right, he said. It's all right. Just take the money. Go home. 
I have revisited that encounter in my memory many times since I took that trip in 2009. I hold that incident up in the light and I look at it closely. After considerable thought, I am clear so far that I have only been called to short seasons of pilgrimage. I am clear that I don't have the nerve for long term. <laughs> I did think about what long term might look like to vision it. And I saw my teeth fall out one by one over the years. I saw the ravens bringing me food. I saw myself hitchhiking to the demonstration with white hair and a guitar case and a shoulder bag. That future might even still be out there, though I really hope not. <laughs> As we go into a time of quiet, I have a couple of queries for us to consider, and here they are. How in our own lives do we reconcile the good we earn with the good we cannot earn? How are our lives pilgrimage? <laughs>